Smarty Pants Lance, Smarty Pants Lance, Smarty Pants Lance! Hello, everybody! Today, let's talk about clickbait or teasers, uh, or both. Well, they're both sort of related, although teasers are more like, here's a little something that'll get you interested to check out an article or a brand or something. And clickbait is more like, we're going to get you to check something out, which is kind of scammy or fraudulent, you know, like dating sites, totally fraudulent and scammy. Never mind eHarmony, which I call disharmony. They're all some version of trying to lure you in. And then it turns out there's a scammy aspect to it. Like fake profiles of overly fetching and attractive young ladies. Yeah, they're all there on a dating site because they're so hard up and can't find a man. Teasers? Well, you know, before I knew the word teaser was applied to advertising, I thought it was some girl in the dormitory next door. Teaser did not usually have a positive connotation. Although, I suppose you could romanticize it and say, oh, this is not a teaser. She's merely a coquette. She's turned from a ice queen into a winsome coquette. Coquette is flirt, and winsome means attractive. So you don't have to Google it. I know, I use words nobody seems to use. Although winsome sounds like a perfume, doesn't it? Oh, that was Winsong. <laughs> <laughs> Probably endorsed by a celebrity. Actually, I think it was endorsed by a celebrity. I think it was, well, not endorsed, but the ad featured, I believe, a young Shelly Hack, who I think later joined Charlie's Angels as one of the angels, and I think she was supposed to have psychic powers, and then the show failed. Why is it that people fall for the celebrity endorsements? And why do I get news stories, air quote news stories, uh, that features some celebrity that I've never heard of, scantily clad, can you believe what so-and-so wore to some event that I've never heard of? Wow, how revealing. Or, check out this 50-year-old celebrity's abs. Like, you're going to have those. And like those photos are not photoshopped or altered in any way. <laughs> we all know that they are. I don't know. I get these things on Meta. Meta is formerly Facebook, which everyone still calls Facebook. So I'm going to keep calling it Facebook because some things just, you know, it's so brand loyal. You got it tattooed into our brain. It's called Facebook. Meta just somehow falls flat for me. Maybe the new generation will call it that. But I'm sorry, I'm stuck in the old way they used to call that book face Facebook. It's either that or... Here's someone who's really young who was an athlete or a rapper or some other kind of celebrity, and they done died. And the cause of their death is you know, unknown, but people are mourning. And some other celebrity has tweeted something nice about that person, but I have no idea who any of these people are. I never thought it would get to the time where I wouldn't know who was current and who was hip and who was with it or whatever words you use now. Even the word hip is probably not hip anymore or hep. But I just don't freaking care. I mean, okay, so-and-so accidentally revealed a side boob. So what? <laughs> I mean, that might have been mm, alluring when I was 14 or 15 or some damn thing, you know, a hormonal teenager just coming into the, oh, my God, it's a girl, and I think I like that over there. But mm, today, I don't know. What's wrong with their damn algorithm? I'd rather not receive anything at all than that kind of stuff. But it did bring to mind celebrity endorsements. Why do they work? 
Why does sex sell? Well, I don't know if I even need to go into that explanation. Everybody knows why sex sells. That's why they put the attractive model in front of the car or whatever product or brand they're trying to hark. I actually think that these airheaded celebrities are somehow relatable to their audience. And because people get positive feelings by being able to relate to Tom Selleck, for example, Magnum P.I. and whatever show he's on now, I don't know, does look better with a mustache. I'm a heterosexual, but I'll tell you, I still think he looks better with a mustache. You know, what does he know about mortgages? You know, he comes out there with that sincere, you know, look. You know, I've been around quite some time, and uh, I know a thing or two, and here's the blah blah about some reverse mortgage. No, it's not a scam, because look, my face is on it. What does he know about economics or perverse? Nothing, okay? But people go, you know, I've always associated with him. I kind of fancied myself like Magnum P.I. or living in Hawaii. Nobody probably thought about Higgins, who's whatever, his British sidekick that's not really British. I think he was from Texas, the actor originally. But, you know, uh, I have positive feelings, and if he's telling me something and I relate to him with positive feelings, and I'll associate positive feelings with that brand or service, and therefore I will either decide to buy it in the short term, in the short term, we're looking at this quarter uh, profit increase, uh, blah, 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 amount, or they'll, you know, become more brand loyal to it because, oh, well, they use it. Well, let's try out the brand. And what else do they have in that brand? Now, I think that what works better is a type of conditioning. I have no data to support this. <laughs> That's why I said, I think. Jingles used to work great, and you don't hear them anymore. Uh, I don't hear them anymore. Uh, like, for example, I'm walking down the soda aisle. I don't drink sodas. In 1999, I said, my last Dr. Pepper, which was the soda of my choice, because I drink Dr. Pepper and I was prude. I was part of an original crude. And now I look around these days and I don't see any commercials for Dr. Pepper or 7-Up. There you go. Whatever happened to 7-Up? A lemon line called. There was, there was a guy that, went, that there was a commercial. And, and he would go, these are angula nuts. They make the angula. He had a voice like that. Really, he did. Okay, but the thing is, I'd be walking down a soda aisle store. You still do that to get somewhere to the healthy foods. And through my head, I'm thinking, things go better with Coca-Cola. Things go better with Coke. You know, it's still there all those years. Or uh, I never really liked Pepsi, so I guess I didn't, that, that jingle never resonated with me. Except the one Pepsi jingle about it's a man's world doing man's things, how we're the Pepsi generation and we're coming at you and we're going strong and none of us from drinking Pepsi will ever get diabetes and die early. Never! But if we do get diabetes, there'll be some celebrity like Wolford Brimley or that kind of thing that's going to talk sense about taking care of yourself and controlling your A1C. See your doctor. Or Lay's potato chips, because guess what? They put the potato chips right by the, the sodas and the, the sugary drinks. And I walk by there and I'm like, you can't just eat one. Can't just eat one. It's, it's a type of Pavlovian programming. Lay's potato chips. I must have them. I must. I cannot just eat one. Therefore, I must buy the bag. No, the big bag. No, three of the big bags. I am now programmed Lay's. Lay's potato chips. That's what I must have. Pavlov was a guy that experiments with a dog. And a bell would ring and a bit of food would fall out. And, and the dog, of course, would salivate, you know, to digest the food. Gross. Ew. Ugh. It's Friday. Don't talk about gross stuff like that. 
Uh, go back to the women, you know, that are scantily clad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, uh, by the way, never show scantily clad women that are over a certain age. Sorry, ladies. It must be awful to go. One day I look in the mirror and I'm this hot thing with side boob that everyone wants to uh, take a gander at. And the next day, no one even wants to look at us sideways. Uh, life can be cruel sometimes. I get it. Get back to Pavlov and his studies and Rati proved. Okay, yeah. So Pavlov conditioning, Pavlovian conditioning, became like, okay, every time the bell rings, the dog would just start to salivate whether or not there was a piece of food, right? So that kind of conditioning works for advertising, and it certainly sort of worked on me because those jingles are stuck in there, there's certain behavior that's stuck in there, and then it's like, well, you know, chips go with uh, sodas, and then the next thing, that usually goes with some kind of sport event if you're a guy. I haven't forgotten about the sex owls thing, okay? I mean, think about it. There is a Mustang, a pony car. Ford wants to sell more of them. They put some fetching young coquette <laughs> there, some nubial, nubile, that's it, nubile, nymphet there, and, and guys are like, oh, man, I want that. She is with the car, and the car gets she, and I am a he, and he wants she, and I can get she through the car, therefore I'm going to the Ford store, right? Uh, not excluding the LGBTQIA++ people who might look at the she or the he uh, or whoever and decide, I want a Ford too. Everybody gets a Ford today. You get a Ford. You get a Ford. You don't get the girl or the guy, but you get a Ford. Bait and switch? Eh, not really. Probably not. <clears throat> Do your research, as they say. Uh, excuse me there, uh, Mr. Smarty Pants here. Uh, what's your point? My point is, brands and services want to reach into your pocket for your dollars and keep doing it throughout your lifetime. That's why uh, there's the big kerfuffle. It's more than a big kerfuffle. Kerfuffle may be the wrong word. I'm using a lot of words today that people don't use. You know, coquette, kerfuffle, uh, nubile, nymphet, things like that, over tobacco. Because the cigarette companies, the tobacco companies, want to try to get the youngest market so that they continue to use their product throughout their shorter lifetime. And then sometimes in the collector's market, celebrity endorsements weren't even an endorsement. It just happened. So, for example, there was this actor that has an old-time actor. His name was uh, Paul Newman. He was in movies. He was a star. He complained that everyone talked about his blue eyes, that he had, he had the ribs and that the six-pick or the eight-pick, and he was quite something <coughs> for many decades, and he was a generous man. Anyhow, Paul Newman, if you've ever heard of him, very attractive man, etc., etc., he got into racing cars because of a movie, I think. And he was married to another actress named Joanne Woodward, and they had a long, very happy togetherness. It was the togetherness, okay? We don't really call it partnerships anymore. It's more like we're together, you know, and we exchange energy, and it's just lasting. It's wonderful. She buys him a chronograph, which, uh, with what? <laughs> Even professional speakers can get tongue-tied. And then there's me. Um, she buys him a chronograph wristwatch. Now, this wristwatch means it's like a stopwatch on your wrist. It's got dials on it, or sometimes they call it totalizers if they want to charge more. And it happened to be a Rolex, and it happened to be 
uh, something that he really liked. And she put some inscription on the back like, I hate the fact that you race because you could get hurt, but what the hell, at least be careful. She didn't. It's not all engraved like that, but it's something along those lines uh, about safety. Remember, safety first. He happens to be photographed wearing this watch, I think on the cover of an Italian magazine. You mean an Italian magazine? No, Italian. It's Italian. It's not insurance. It's Italian. It's insurance. Italian. Get that straight. Ah. He just happens to be photographed. And people see that and go, Oh, that's Paul Newman. He's wearing, look at that watch he's wearing. Well, I associate with him. He's like a manly man and he gets women and he races cars and he's and he's really cool. And everything. And therefore, if I get that watch, if I get that watch, then I'm like Paul Newman. I, I, I associate positive things with him and now I want that watch. And so, in the collector's market, that model, which was never called the Rolex Paul Newman, and to this day people refer to them as the Rolex Paul Newman, even though Rolex actually called it the Daytona Cosmograph. I think that's what they're still called. They want to buy it because of that association, and instead of what it would be worth if he hadn't worn it one time on a magazine cover or whatever, or there was publicity about it, they're suddenly worth forty, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars for this stinking chronograph watch, which by the way, it's a nice watch, but by today's technology it is nowhere close. All right, all right, I do have an appreciation for classic and vintage. But still, just because he wore it and was photographed, and he's Paul Newman, suddenly the aftermarket on that is through the roof to this day. Um, Steve McQueen, another actor you may not have heard of, he was in another race car movie, and he was wearing a watch by Tag Heuer, I believe. Um, or was Heuer? Yes, in those days I think it was just Heuer. Today it's Tag Heuer. But anyway... And it was a square thing, and I think it had golf and western, orangey, yellow, some kind of thing on the, the dial. And because he wore it, now guys all wanted it too. Because they wanted to be cool like Steve McQueen. Because I got to tell you, man, Steve McQueen, he was cool. He was 60s cool. You know, uh, check him out in the original Thomas Crown Affair. Don't look at the, re the I'll say rerun. <laughs> the remake with Piers Brosnan, I think. Really, no sex appeal going on with Piers Brosnan. But Steve McQueen and uh, that other broad, uh, what do you call that other broad? What's her name? You know, uh, uh, what's her name? Wilma Flintstone? No, no, that's a cartoon. Uh, uh, Shelley Hatton? No, no, that's the wrong one. Oh, right. Faye Dunaway. <laughs> Talk about no more clickbait. Looks like they've done away with Faye. Sorry, Faye. You were very attractive in uh, yesteryears. But the magnetism, the, the macho part, you know, he was a millionaire. Today the remake was billionaire because everything's exaggerated, maybe with inflation and all that. But still, it was the energy that this guy had, therefore I want his watch. Now, as a kid, I loved westerns. I still love westerns. And there was this show, and it starred as, you know, hero. This person was, you know, a character called Red Rider. I'm like, all right, I'm with you, Red Rider. And a BB gun company decided to make a model and call it the Red Rider BB gun. Uh, of course, I'm sure they paid royalties or licensing fees or whatever. And it became the most astonishingly popular BB gun of all time, I believe. Um, I'm not researching BB guns just for this podcast. I had one, and it's like, 
I'm going to be just like Red Ryder. Red Ryder told me that I need to shoot straight and be honest and be on time and get her done. Well, I'm going to buy myself. I want a daddy, daddy. I want a Red Ryder. I want a Red Ryder. I want a Red Ryder BB gun. Now, of course, the immediate conclusion of the mother is, you know, I'm, you're not going to buy a Red Ryder. You put your eye out. No. But, of course, the dad's like, ah, eh, come on. He's kids. He's a boy. He doesn't play with dollies, he plays with trucks, he plays ball, and he needs to shoot things with BBs. Hopefully not birds. Don't shoot birds. And if you do, don't tell your mother. So it's a big surprise under the Christmas tree, although I was Jewish, so it's kind of under the menorah, but well, that's not right because you can't put anything really under the menorah. I did get one. Much to the chagrin of uh, Mama Sita there. All right, looks like I'm running out of time which is too bad because I certainly enjoy our weekly chats together. Uh, me talking, you listening, hopefully throughout the whole thing. The whole goal is that maybe one day I'll become such a big celebrity that whatever I wear and say and do, uh, it can be used to make money for brands and services, which means to make money for me. Although I just like sharing stories. I really do. That's a reward within itself. And as a once famous celebrity sort of newsman once said, good night and good luck.